Listening to the Yogi Fuel Podcast, the podcast where we share the knowledge of yoga and Ayurveda mixed with modern science to help you learn and embody ancient wisdom in a practical way to optimize your health, deepen your spiritual practice, and step into your peak potential. I'm your host, Mel Singh. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I really want to chat about hard times and how challenging experiences, hard times, going through phases and periods of high stress, high anxiety, you know, maybe like a dark night of the soul, um, which if you're not familiar, we, we can talk a little bit more about this, how these hard times can actually be a catalyst for deeper spiritual practice and transformation. And I want to share a few of my own sort of personal examples with you for how this has really shown up in my life and, and the profound impact that it's had on me. Um, So I guess more recently, I'll start by sort of sharing, you know, the last maybe like year and a bit, I mean, let's be real for one second. The last year and a bit, two years or so has been hard for a lot of people, just straight up. (laughs) Okay. And I know for me personally, you know, lots of emotions, triggers, old wounds have really been coming up. They've really been surfacing. And previously in like a, you know, prior lifetime, I say prior lifetime, I mean like six, seven years ago before I had, you know, done, done the work I've done with yoga and Ayurveda, I would have maybe kind of just like shoved those feelings and emotions down. Maybe I would have ignored them, but I've done the work enough in my lifetime and I've had enough challenging experiences, hard experiences in my lifetime that I have learned to love the process. I've learned to honor the process of facing them head on. And always looking and honoring these experiences as catalysts for transformation, as lessons and opportunities for me to learn and for me to deepen, you know, my practice. And I know that like, as I say this, it's not like sexy to go into the darkness. You know, it's like, it's not what you're being shown on Instagram or like maybe you are, but we're always seeing this like highlight reel on social media, right? And so people aren't highlighting their dark experiences. They're not highlighting the challenges that they go through. So what we might see are people who have come out and like emerged on the other side, but we haven't seen them in the muck. We haven't seen them in the thick of it, in the thick of that experience. And you know what? Maybe even myself as well. It's not like I'm like parading around Instagram being like, hey, look at me in my dark night of the soul, right? But I want this podcast to be an opportunity to share with you some of the stuff that I've been sort of navigating, some of the stuff I've navigated in my past and really share with you how I've used it as, a, as an opportunity to deepen my practice. Because I truly feel that when I look back on my life and I look at the moments where I had the most spiritual growth, the most emotional growth, it was actually in the moments where I felt almost like completely destroyed, where something happened that I'll share about a couple of instances that happened or multiple instances where I just felt like so much emotion triggers wounds coming up. It was in those, those dark, challenging experiences that I actually felt the most growth. And I think that why this is these times and these moments are so powerful is because without these like proverbial slaps in the face, like without these circumstances or these things that happen that kind of shake the ground we walk on, we just keep going through life and like everything is fine, right? Everything is fine. Nothing has shaken us up. We just, you know, we, we keep going through our life doing things as we've always done them without ever questioning right? Without ever questioning, is this what I want to do? Do I actually like how I'm living my life? Do I like my job? 
Do I feel fulfilled? Am I living up to my potential? Am I supposed to feel this way all the time? Like, am I supposed to feel stressed and anxious and and overwhelmed? Is that just how everyone else feels? But it's only when something like shakes us up, it's only when we get a glimpse into something more that we have an opportunity to reflect and to add to like, be like, whoa, what's going on? And then to realign. And so for me, like over the last, you know, year or so, if you're familiar with astrology, okay, I've been in my Saturn's return. I'm also, if you're into astrology, I know uh, many of my Indian audience will be familiar with, I'm in my Rahu Mahadasha, which means that for the last 14 years, okay, I've been in this like chaotic space energetically. And so uh, my my Jyotish, my astrologer, the lovely Paula Crossfield, um, who's amazing. I would recommend her to anyone. You should check her out at Weave Your Bliss on Instagram. She's wonderful. Um, you know, and she was sharing with me. She's like, whoa, this is a really what you've been through in the last. I mean, let's be real. She validated the world has been through a lot in the last year and a half. But astrologically, that I have been going through this time where like these deep karmic imprints, these deep karmas, these deep you know, uh, limiting beliefs, wounds, things from childhood, everything is coming up and it's unearthing and it's, and it's a lot. And for a while, and I know, and I want to validate when we're in these times where we feel so overwhelmed with sadness, with grief, with frustration, with all of the sad things, it's a lot. And it's okay to be there. And so this isn't me trying to have you like bypass the very real human emotions of sadness, of anger, of despair, of grief, of all of that. I think that it's a process. It's a working through. The storm has to pass before we can clean things up. And we need to kind of allow that storm to happen. And as I as I do the work within my own life to observe and be witness to my emotions, to my thoughts, my feelings, and all of that. What's really cool is I feel like this time has really almost forced me deeper into my practices, my routines, my rituals, my relationship with God, spirit, consciousness, divinity, like the supreme reality, whatever you want to call it. It's called me to root into those things in the most beautiful way. And it's called me to take stock of and to question a lot of the things and the ways that I'm being and living in my life. It's had me do the work. It's had me face the things that I haven't wanted to face and ask the questions I haven't wanted to ask in a long time. And that has caused me to prioritize, to really prioritize the things that matter, like really matter to me, you know, and and get clear on what, what are those things that matter to me, to identify what matters to me, not to you, not to my friends, not to that, you know, influencer on Instagram, what matters to me. Where do I want to put my time and energy? To whom do I want to give my time and energy? Right? And in asking those questions, it has has forced me to sometimes painfully let go of the things that don't align with the things that truly matter to me. Right? And when we've been living like in one way for a really long time and we've habituated ourselves to these routines and rituals, and again, many of us have, many of us have just gone on life doing, you know, doing our thing and we haven't questioned. And so when we start to get into the space of questioning, questioning what we want, questioning who we want to spend our time with, it can feel overwhelming. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we might get stuck in this like victim mentality and there's nothing wrong. I want to validate that. Nothing wrong with the victim mentality. We all do it. I do it. It's totally normal. And something I found to be a very helpful reframe is, you know, first and foremost, actually, let me take it back a step. 
I think that noticing the first step always, I always talk about this in, in EA and with any of my private clients, this idea of like the ABC method, okay? So awareness, ABC stands for awareness, breath or breathe, and then choose. It's as easy as ABC. <laughs> so it's important. It doesn't matter if you find yourself in a victim spiral. We're all going to fall into victimhood. It's totally cool. It's totally normal. Just want to validate it. My name is Mel. I get into a victim spiral sometimes. And that's fine. That's totally fine. It's totally normal. You are human. What matters is how quickly, not what matters, but the, the work is and the practice is in how quickly can we go from being in victim mode to becoming aware that we are in fact in a victim mode, right? And once we become aware, oh my God, I'm in victim mode. <gasps> cool. We become aware of it. Through that awareness, we can create change. We can shift, okay? So we implement the ABC method. Oh, I'm in victim mode. Cool, cool, cool. We become aware. We take a few deep breaths. We're like, all right, here I am. Hey, victim mode, what's up, <laughs> right? Take stock. And then we breathe. We calm the nervous system. We give ourselves permission. We lovingly reflect. Oh my goodness, silly me, victim mode. It's okay, <laughs> right? We let ourselves calm down with our breath and then we choose, right? We can choose to reframe our situation at any moment. We have the power to do that, okay? So... I have chosen to over and over again, and I want to share this with you, not as someone who's like, oh my God, like I was going through this like really hard time and like it was super tough. And then I just like reframed it to like this really positive, empowering narrative. Like, no, it's not that like easeful. It's not like that gracious. Like it's actually really messy. Like I'll be in the thick of like the crap, you know, like it's not, I just want to share with you very vulnerably and honestly, it's messy. It's not like this easeful. It's not like Insta worthy, like, oh my God, reframe it. It's messy. Okay. <laughs> so there's a period of like crying of ugly crying of self doubt of like shaming and judgment. That's all part of it. Okay. So it's like normal. Let's just normalize that that's there and it's cool. And amidst all of that, we can give ourselves so much fucking love in that moment. And we can be like, okay, had all of those feelings and the reframe is how is this situation how is whatever it is that you're going through how is the fact that you just were in a victim spiral and maybe self-sabotaged and had all these negative thoughts you know about yourself about life and the judgment how is all of this actually helping me to align with my highest potential and how is this actually an opportunity for deeper development physically mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I have goosebumps as I say this, but I say to every student of mine within EA that I fundamentally believe that everything is an opportunity for practice. Everything is an opportunity to create a deeper level of development, a deeper level of connection to ourself. Everything is an opportunity for that. And so how quickly can we move from, oh, woe is me, life sucks, to Okay, how is this an opportunity? What is this trying to teach me? Huh, that's an interesting thought. Where did that come from? How quickly can we move from woe is me, life sucks into curiosity, curiosity about our experience? And this reframe, this narrative has literally saved my life. I, I have to tell you, it, it really has. Especially over the last year and a half, there have been a lot of things that have come up. I've been displaced from my home. I've been displaced from my family. There's been a lot of these old painful wounds, triggers, all of these things coming up and really trying to look at it through this lens and not through the lens of, again, bypassing any of the negative emotions. No, no, no. Facing those emotions head on has been so fucking powerful for me. So first and foremost, I hope that that reframe was really, really helpful for you. 
Um, and I wanted to share with you another experience. So th- this like most recent experience for me has been really, um, it's been really like multifaceted, multidimensional. It hasn't been like one thing. It's been like all the things, okay? It's been like all the wounds, all the deep insecurities, fears, limiting beliefs, like literally all of them just like erupting all at once. Um, so it's been a lot, but I want to share with you a very specific incident that I think would be very, very helpful for you to, um, yeah, I want to share a very specific incident, um, that happened before I had Satya that was really, truly this, um, beautiful and yet painful test of, of putting this work into play. So Prior to having Satya, and I'll actually, let me even take it back a step. Cause you know, I like to take it back a step like all the time. I feel like 55 times per podcast. I'm like, let me take it back a step. <laughs> this story came about because, um, the other day I was, t- uh, not the other day, yesterday, actually, um, I made some posts and a, a couple friends and I, we were, we were going back and forth in the, um, in the comment section and we were swapping Kung Fu Panda quotes. Okay. And, uh, I love Kung Fu Panda. If you have not watched Kung Fu Panda, you, you have to go watch Kung Fu Panda. I, I almost have thought about making it like in my course, Embodied Ayurveda, I've almost thought about making it like required watching. Like, like it's like a required, you know, like text for the program. Like it's, but anyways, it's a really amazing movie. Anyway, so we were going back and forth and we were, um, we were swapping Kung Fu Panda quotes. And one of my favorite quotes, and it's going to come up in this story is if you haven't seen it, this won't make sense, but um, is when Master Shifu, who's like the little, I think he's actually a red panda, Master Shifu runs to Master Ugwe, the turtle master. And he says, Master Ugwe, I'm afraid I have some bad news. To which Master Ugwe responds, ah, but you see, there is no such thing as bad news. There is only news. And a friend of mine and I were going back on that and she was like, ah, that's bullshit. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you know, and here's another way of seeing it, you know, actually, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe there's another way of interpreting this. And she was like, nope, that's not it. That's not the way of seeing it. And I totally respect that like model of the world and her right to like see that. But I wanted to share with you why that quote for me personally, um, is really meaningful and how I want to, as I say this validate, like there are experiences, for example, like I said, I don't want to invalidate anyone's challenging experience, anyone's experience of deep sadness or grief. But I do want to challenge this idea of things that are inherently bad, things that we label good and bad, because what we learn in yoga and Ayurveda is that the labeling of things as good or bad creates raga and dvesha, attachment and aversion. We become attached to the good. We start to seek only the good and we become averse to the bad. And as we know in life, life doesn't work that way. Life will hand you good and bad experiences. And so the work is to not become attached to the good and averse to the bad. The work is to be as equanimous. Yeah, that's the word. (laughs) I was going to say equanimity as possible, but as equanimous as possible. And I know that that's hard. So I'm not saying it's not, not bypassing anything. I'm saying that that's the work. The work is to be as much a witness to our experiences without labeling them good or bad as we possibly can. And I'll share one other interesting thing before I go into my story, but I used to work in um, post-injury rehab. So I worked with people who had been in catastrophic motor vehicle accidents, who had experienced, you know, amputation, quadriplegia, paraplegia, severe brain injury. Some of the, they, they lost loved ones in these accidents. And the interesting thing that I noticed was that the more severe the injury, in fact, the more positive they were. And I was like, huh. 
And it was just an interesting opportunity to see that sometimes when things are so devastating and so challenging, we're almost forced to see the the neutrality or the equanimity in it. We're almost forced to take stock of our situation in, in a totally different way. And so that was very similar to, to my experience. I feel really grateful to my teachers and, and the work that I've done in my life with meditation and practice that have helped me to kind of see things a little bit more that way. So the story goes as follows. So before I had Satya, I was pregnant. And obviously I do not have a second child. And so I, I lost that baby. And I remember the, I'll, I'll sort of share with you how, how it went. So basically we had had some, some ultrasounds and or one ultrasound. And the ultrasound showed that based on where I thought I was in, in conception, the baby hadn't developed enough. It was, it was too small. And so I went in for a few other ultrasounds and what they observed was that the baby was not growing. In fact, the little baby was getting smaller and you know, they, they called me up. We were in the car one day driving home actually from the ultrasound and my, and my midwife called and said, Mel, I'm really sorry, but I, I have some, I've got something to tell you. Um, but your baby's not, not going to make it. Um, unfortunately it's just, it's not growing. It's getting smaller and smaller. And, you know, we, we, we don't know why this has happened. Um, we don't necessarily know when it's going to happen for sure, but within the next couple of weeks, the, the, the baby will, you know, the, the little heart will stop beating and, and you're, and you're going to lose the baby. And I remember in that moment, I remember exactly where I was. I remember exactly how I felt. I was in the passenger seat of my car and I got off the phone with that midwife and I was so angry and I was so hurt and I was so helpless. If you've ever had that experience, it's like here I was in the situation that fucking sucked and there was nothing I could do about it. Literally nothing. There was no pill I could take. There was no surgery I could do. Like that baby was was going. It was it was dying, and there was nothing I could do. And I felt so much anger. I had this little, I had this like water bottle in the car, like kicked it over. I felt in my body so much anger. Like I just wanted to like punch the glass. Like I felt so hurt, and I was crying, and I like screamed, and I was so sad. And so I told Vikram two things. I said I need you to go to my dad's house. We need to get my dog. That's number one. And number two, we need to go. I made him go to this health food store to get me this like delicious vegan ice cream. So anyways, he did both of those things. I made him go into the store by himself. I was like, I'm going to stay in this car and I'm going to cry. And I was just crying in the car. I was so just like distraught with, with sadness. Okay. And I feel really grateful because at the time I had been finishing up my meditation teacher training. And so I'm in the car of, it was Ambrosia, by the way, if you're in Thornhill, it was Ambrosia, the natural health market, super delicious, great store. Anyway, I was in the, in the, in the parking lot of Ambrosia. And if you're even listening, Ambrosia Thornhill, if you want the visual, okay, I'm in the parking lot of this rest of this uh, store, bawling my eyes out. And I made this in, like intuitive decision that I wanted to feel what was happening. I did not want to do what I had always done which was shove it down, shove down the feelings. I wanted to feel it. I wanted to allow myself the opportunity to let my emotions flow. I wanted to let them go. I didn't want to shove them down. I didn't want to bypass them. I wanted to truly feel them because I had this knowing that like, okay, well, here it is. This is life. This is my life. This is an experience that I'm having. I get to experience this. Does it suck? You're fucking right. It sucks. Do I like this? Do I feel happy? Nope. But this is an experience. This is an opportunity for feeling. 
And let me tell you, I fucking felt those emotions. <laughs> I felt them real good. <laughs> it was devastating, okay? I cried. I've never cried so much in my life. I was like grief stricken. Like my dad knew that I was going for the second ultrasound. He knew that it was this, you know, like intense moment that I was going to find out, you know, because they'd sort of warned us in the first ultrasound, like, listen, you know, it's kind of 50-50. We're not sure if it's going to, if it's going to go well. We're not sure if it's not going to go well. And so, you know, he was like, how did it go, buddy? My dad all excited. How did it go, buddy? And I text him back. Bad period, sends the text. Baby's not going to make it, period, sends the text. And by the way, my grandmother died two days before, okay? I was in a rough place. <laughs> so, but here I am. I'm like, I'm going to take this on. I'm going to feel these feelings. So I'm feeling these feelings. I'm feeling upset. I'm crying. I like go home. I like sit on the floor. I'm crying. My dad calls. I'm like cry laughing. You know, when you're so sad, you're like cry laughing. So I'm doing that. I'm cry laughing. And, uh, and he's like, buddy, He's like, I don't know what to tell you. This sucks. And I was like, yeah, it does. This really sucks. <laughs> and so crying, crying, crying. And I got to this point where actually before I got to the point where I was like, I need to not feel this way. I'm like, you know, you know, when you're in grief and you don't know like what to do, you're like really upset. You're really hurt. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. So feel free to share with me if you're watching the, the replay in the Facebook group, or if you're listening to the podcast, you're in grief and you just like, you don't know what to do. You kind of want to like tell people but you don't want to tell anyone and you want like attention, but you want everyone to leave you alone. You know, like you don't, you don't know what you want. Okay. So I start writing this email to my work. I'm like, I'm fucking devastated here. I need time off. Okay. I can't go to work tomorrow. I think it was during the week. I'm like I can't go to work tomorrow. So I'm sending an email. I, I type out an email to my work and I entitled the email bad news. And I start writing this sad email, you know, like all angry. <laughs> entitled bad news. And then I was like, oh, Mel, you know, and this is a really great example, the Vata, you know, if we bring it back to Ayurveda for a second, right? When we go through grief, when things change abruptly, when we lose someone, when we find out we're going to lose a baby, this energy, this, this big shift, it's like so intense, you know, you find out this big news and it's like, whoa, right? So I found out, oh my God, I'm not, this baby's not going to, it was this big shift. So the Vata is all over the place, which is why if you're feeling in grief, you know, it's this Maybe the air energy is feeling all over the place. Maybe that's how it manifests for people. And then it also might manifest more in that heavy kind of sad energy. But I was certainly in the space of like my mind all over the place. So I was like, all right, Mel, let's just bunk this email for a second. And I, I remembered back to the last class that we did in our mindfulness teacher training or our meditation teacher training. And we talked about mindful distraction and, you know, because we live in a world where we sometimes think that, you know, we need to be so present all the time, Right. And there's moments, as I was experiencing, where like, you know what, actually we could be like a little less present, you know, like I didn't need to be so present with all of the sadness. Like it was good that I was being there. I wasn't bypassing it. But inside of being present, we can consciously, intentionally choose to distract ourselves when it feels too much. So this is a good lesson for anyone who's listening. You don't always have to be with your emotions all the friggin' time. You can choose very intentionally to pull back a bit. So I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to mindfully distract myself. I'm going to consciously distract myself. I said, Vikram, I need you to bring out the ice cream. Let's bring on the snacks here. And let's just like watch a movie on Netflix. And I was like, you know what? It needs to be a cartoon. It needs to be light. It needs to be like a kid's movie. And we picked Kung Fu Panda. And I don't think it was an accident that I picked Kung Fu Panda that day. And in fact, if you've watched Kung Fu Panda, you will know that Master Uguay says there are no accidents. So we're watching Kung Fu Panda and very early-ish in the movie, we get to the scene I'm, and I'm like loving it, by the way. It's so good. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, this is woke. Like, this is so deep, you know? So we get to the part where he's like, where Master Shifu says, Master Ugui, Master Ugui, I'm afraid I have some bad news. 
And then Uguay says, ah, but you see, there is no bad news. There's only news. And those words like pierced the depths of my soul. It sounds dramatic, but honestly, it's how it felt. It felt like they just cut right into me. And I was like, oh shit. You know, I was like, I just wrote an email. It was like all of this, all of this like wisdom just like, whoosh, like hit me like a ton of bricks or something. Like it cut into me. It hit me like bricks. Like, I don't know what to say, but it all just like hit me that, oh my God, I was writing this email that I was calling bad news. And he just talked about this bad news. And I thought to myself, you know, because we talked about these, these concepts in our training, I was like, what if this wasn't bad? Hmm. And not like, oh, it's the truth. This is good. Not that it was good. But what if what I was experiencing was neither good or bad? What if it didn't need to have that label? What if it simply was? I began to sort of think like, what if what I'm, I think I actually paused the movie too, okay? I was like, what if what I'm experiencing isn't inherently any which way? What if it's not inherently good or bad? What if it's just an experience? Not to minimize my experience, was I sad? You're fucking right, I was sad. But what if it just was? What if it was something I was experiencing in my reality? It was an experience, a hard experience, an experience where I had a lot of sadness, where I had a lot of anger, but it didn't have to be bad I didn't have to be so averse to it. And I started to sort of think that way. I started to shift into observing my emotions and allowing them to flow through me, but not seeing and attaching them, you know, to be good or bad. Because like I said earlier, when we think of things in good or bad, we become attached to the good and not attached to the bad. And I allowed it to move through me, to flow through me for that energy to just move through me. And it was honestly, I have to tell you, it was devastating. I felt so much deep sadness. I felt so much sadness move through me. And I felt so much healing move through me also. And so I know that it's, it's, not, it's not as black and white as me being like, bad, bad news doesn't exist. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to highlight for you is that we have the opportunity to observe things as they are without our interpretation of it being good or bad. We actually get that choice in every moment with everything that happens in our life and in our awareness. And I also want to honor, if it's hard for you to, to get there, if it's hard for you, I, I, I can totally also want to validate if you're in the thick of something and you're like, this is bad, that, that's okay. It's, it, it's okay to feel swallowed up by certain situations, but bring as much awareness as you can to it. Maybe even play, like try it on like a pair of shoes. Try it on that. What if this wasn't bad? What if this was? What if emotions weren't inherently good, bad, or anything? They just were. So we're not so attached to only feeling happy. So we're not so averse to feeling sad. We let it all happen. John Kabat-Zinn calls this the full catastrophe. We get to experience as human beings the full catastrophe of being alive because life is beautiful and it's fucking sad. Life is rich with possibility and, it's, and, it, and it hurts sometimes. And we feel anger and we laugh and then we fucking cry. 
and we get all of it. All of it is magical, a magical part of our human experience. And I feel like in that moment, as devastating as it was, as sad as it was, does it change that I lost something and I felt a deep sadness and I grieved the loss of this little life that would never be? No, no, it doesn't change that. It was really hard. And I look back, I almost, I feel like I'm going to cry as I say this. Like I look back so like fondly and lovingly at that time in my life because it taught me so much. So I hope that this was like a helpful reframe for you. I hope that this maybe helps you see things in a different light because I know that the collective experience right now is a bit heavy. The collective experience right now is a lot. We're all going through things. Maybe you're, maybe things are bubbling up for you. Maybe you've experienced something that's really hard. And I guess where this ties back into is like for, this for me was a real deepening of my spiritual practice. As I practice, as I did my meditations, I, I felt like I connected to something greater. I felt like I connected to this being like a divine lesson, right? It helped me root more deeply into my practices. And, and again, as I go through this experience, it's helped me root more deeply into my practices. All these, you know, these challenges, they show us the fullness of the human experience. They show us that it's not one or the other. It's not good. It's not bad. It is. Um, I hope this is helpful for you. If this is something you want to chat more about, please send me a message. If you are going through a tough time, if you are going through a challenging time, know that so much of the support, the guidance that I do within Embodied Ayurveda, within my one-on-one coaching deals with this, talks about this, touches on this. In fact, I would say th- this is my jam above and beyond stress, anxiety, the, the, the depth of the human experience, the challenges that we face amidst the stress and anxiety, helping you to overcome and work through that is really, as an Ayurvedic you know, counselor, my zone of genius. As a meditation practitioner, supporting people and cultivating practices, rituals, and routines is totally my zone of genius. So if you are curious about working through this together, if you are curious about what that would look like, um, I'm going to put a link in here to my mentorship and coaching application. Go ahead, fill that out. See if you want to book a call. You can send me a message on you know, Instagram or Facebook, whatever kind of aligns for you. And let's talk about if it would be something that would be helpful for you. Because like I said, I know that collectively we are experiencing a lot. There's a lot of collective trauma emerging and unearthing and it can be hard to navigate on your own. And so I want you to know that I'm here for you as a support. I'm here to guide you and support you with all the tools and the practices and the wisdom that I have through both my you know, professional experience, through my personal experience, and through the lens of, of yogic wisdom. So I hope this is helpful. I hope that this you know, gives you some solace and some support um, and maybe a new perspective on some of the challenges that you're experiencing. And um, I'll see you in the next episode. Tatsavitur Varey